0: Merry Christmas, Evergreen and online friends. Are you ready for some joy today? I know I am. But first, let's start with a confession. Are you up for that? One of my starkest memories that has to do with joy is an attempt I made to cheer my husband one time when he was really discouraged. Joy is just a decision away, I said to him, quoting from Max Licato in his book, The Applause of Heaven that quote had inspired me and I couldn't understand why it was not equally helpful for Jared. Now, some would explain it with my Enneagram eight wing seven, but let's just say my lack of empathy in that moment was evident. I don't want this talk about joy to be like that. Even though that one was years ago, I could still do that. I'm not here to tell you that there are increasingly brighter clouds on the horizon in 2021 or promise you unicorns and puppies with sparkles on them in the coming year. I'm not going to sugarcoat what 2020 has meant for us or tell you that joy is just a decision away. Instead, I want to point us in a direction toward a person, not a place, who will help us find, renew, or discover our joy all over again. Last week, Jared talked about hope that confident expectation for the future that Jesus has for us. Definitely one of the things that contributes to the brightness in our lives, since we're trying to find the calm and bright right now. Hope is another one of the brighteners in our life. So let's start with a little brightness assessment. So we have here an extinguished candle, no light coming off of it whatsoever. We have a lit candle with its flickering flame. We have a small 30-watt light bulb, and we have a 100-watt bulb and a larger lamp, and then we have this wonderful mag flashlight. That's a manly man's flashlight. My question is, which one are you? How bright are you right now if hope that confident expectation of the future and joy, that enduring delight and gladness linked to who Jesus is and what he's done for us are being measured in your life. Take a moment and share with your viewing partners your answer to that question. Which one are you and the reason for it? Author Eugene Peterson, you may be most familiar with his paraphrase of the Bible called The Message, but he's written many books. He tells the story of the Christmas that his uncle Ernie came to church with his family. Now, he describes his uncle as that noisy, unbeliever, argumentative, and protesting, a guy who, like Aldous Huxley, author of Brave New World, was always talking about the God he didn't believe in. He writes, of my six uncles, he was easily my favorite, full of jokes and fun. One Christmas, when I was only five or six years old, he writes, he came to church with us and sat next to me. The offering plate was passed, and I put in my nickel. Uncle Ernie leaned over and whispered, how much did you get? At the same time, he showed me a $20 bill hidden in his hand he ruined my Christmas. I was ashamed to tell my parents or anyone else. He stole out of the offering. I kept hearing his words. How much did you get? And seeing the edge of that $20 bill. It wasn't until years later that Eugene learned it was actually a joke and realized that it was actually more than a joke. It was a parable. How much did you get? is a great Christmas question, a question that gets to the heart of joy. Uncle Ernie's question, what did you get, is about receiving what God has given. What greater joy could there be than the realization and our wholehearted acceptance of God's gift to us, his one and only son, who brought the biggest problem that we have in our world, our sin problem, and took care of it. Jesus' birth was the start of our rescue and joy is the result of receiving and remembering what God has given to us in Christ. You see, joy is that enduring delight and gladness linked to who Jesus is and what he's done for us. Enduring because it's not linked to our circumstances. Instead, it's connected to the good news or the gospel, what God has done for us in sending Jesus, His Son, to live a life that was fully pleasing to God and yet willingly laying down His life for our sins so that we could be reunited with God our Father. Isaiah delivers this much-needed good news of the coming Messiah to the Israelites in Isaiah nine verse six, which Jared read last week, and it kind of climaxes or culminates in this one sentence: For to us a child is born, a son is given." John 3:16 says it this way: "For God so loved the world that He gave his only son. You and I are living in the presence of what God has given us, Jesus, our rescuer. He came to free us and forgive us, all of us. And this is the good news that brings great joy for all people. Uncle Ernie's question comes to us across the years. How much did you get? In fact, that is a question for 2020. Let's read in Luke two, verses eight through 11. And there were the shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, "'Don't be afraid, I bring you good news "'that will cause great joy for all the people. "'Today in the town of David, "'a savior has been born to you "'and he is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, laying in a manger. Good news that will cause great joy for all the people is wrapped up in the few words that followed the great joy statement, where it says this, Today, a Savior has been born to you. We need a Savior. The name Jesus means the Lord saves our God, our savior. Or as I like to say, God to the rescue. Some people insist that they don't need God to come to their rescue. They don't need a savior. Sometimes we try to fix ourselves. I call it kind of an ultimate DIY project, but there are some things that even the best DIYers cannot fix, and ourselves is one of them. We need a savior So what are we being rescued from? Well, when Joseph had an angelic visit in a dream who told him that he should take Mary as his wife, then he lets him know that she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name of Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus, our savior, came to free and forgive us from our sin and that is the source, the unstoppable source of our joy. He came to free us. That's kind of an interesting thought. Have you ever been stuck? I have. I was hit head on as I was driving on the old Bend Redmond Highway by a guy in a pickup truck who afterwards didn't really know why he swerved at the last minute into my lane with no turn options. I had my daughter, her best friend, and her friend's two little brothers in my Honda Accord. I was trapped in the car by the damage to the car. My door would not open. The airbags had deployed. I couldn't get free to help the kids. I needed to be set free. Someone reached their hand through the space in the door and comforted me as the paramedics arrived. Finally, I was set free as they pried open the door and were able to pull it off and get me out. And I was put on a stretcher. My savior in that moment were those paramedics. My rescuer had arrived. And oh, what good news it was. By the way, the kids and I all recovered, including the youngest of them, for which I'm very grateful. You know, Jesus said in John eight thirty four through 36, he said, very truly I tell you, Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. That is, we're trapped by it. We're stuck. Now, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. He came to set us free from our sins and the wreckage that results from it and restore us to our original goodness that Jared talked about a few weeks ago. It's that original goodness that's described at the very beginning of God's big story in the Garden of Eden, goodness that includes a relationship with Him that's completely transparent, that is loving, free of shame and guilt, and relationships with others without fear of loss or abandonment. Can you imagine that with me, friends? relationships filled with love where you don't have to be afraid of loss or abandonment. Oh, what good news, but there's more. Let me read you C.S. Lewis' description of what Jesus, our Savior, did to free us. And I invite you, as I read this, to picture what he's saying in your mind because he's painted a wonderful, powerful picture for us in the christian story he writes god descends to reascend he comes down down from the heights of absolute being into time and space down into humanity down further still if embryologists are right to recapitulate in the womb ancient and prehuman phases of life down to the very roots and seabed of nature that he has created But he goes down to come up again and bring the whole ruined world up with him. One has a picture of a strong man stooped over, stooping lower and lower to get himself underneath some great uh, complicated burden. He is almost to disappear in order to lift it. to get under the load before he incredibly straightens his back and marches off with the whole mass swaying on his shoulders. Isn't that amazing what God has done for us? Carrying the weight of all our sin, the sin of the whole world is pretty incredible. You know, the first time I read this, I wrote in the margins of the book, Marley That's our worship pastor at CrossFit in some of her lifts because that's what came to mind. But since I didn't have a good picture of her, I want you to take a look at this picture because this is what I picture as I read this description of this powerful Savior stooping down so low as to disappear, that is into a tomb, only to rise again, carrying with him all of the weight of our sin and getting rid of it. What if I was still trapped? in that wreckage? What if I were still trapped in the wreckage of my own attempts to fix my life? My question for you is what if you are trapped in the wreckage of your own attempts to fix your life? Jesus has come to take that for you. Could we take a moment and contemplate what our lives would look like without Jesus, our rescuer, without him to set us free? I'd like you to think about the little moments along the way in your journey with him. How has he changed your story? How would you like him to change your story? Would you turn and with your viewing partners, would you each take a moment to reflect on those questions and then share what you're willing to share there with your group and then we'll come back. John writes in 1 John 2, 1 and 2, My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. And he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. I don't know about you, but I need to be reminded of this. Now, communion is one of the ways that we do that as we did today. I keep these two communion cups with a nail in each dipped in red paint on a window ledge or just below my kitchen window ledge. And I've done that for 14 years and counting. I see this every day and am reminded of what Jesus did to rescue me. What's your reminder so that you don't lose sight of that since it's such a source of joy for us? You know, this rescue, this stooping down by Jesus and putting the whole ruined world on his shoulders was not just for us, but it was for everyone. Everyone is included. This is the good news that brings great joy. There was a young boy who was writing a letter to God about what he wanted for Christmas. He wrote, I've been good for six months now, he wrote, but after a moment, he crossed out that line and wrote two weeks instead of six months. There was another pause after he wrote that and he crossed out that too. He got up from the table, went over to the little nativity scene that his family had set up. He picked up the figure of Mary and went back to his writing and started again. Dear God, if ever you want to see your mother again, Well, okay, friends, I'm pretty sure you're glad that's not your little boy, but I'm pretty sure his name is on Santa's naughty list right in that moment. But the truth is, we can all join him there for some of our own 2020 moments, couldn't we? I know I could. You know, one of my favorite quotes from the movie Elf is when Elf is reciting Santa's rules and says, there's room for everyone on the nice list. Friends... Whether you know it or not that's what the Bible says too. Many people have heard John 3:16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but would have eternal life. But what about John 3:17, the next verse? For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. You know, Peter writes in 2 Peter 3 and says that God doesn't want anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. He wants us all. I want you to erase any doubts or exceptions that you've made to God's inclusion. There is no question of whether we are included. The question comes back to Uncle Ernie's question. How much did you get? How much will you get? What have you received of what God is offering? Are you receiving what He's given to you? Or are you still trying to rescue yourself in some part of your life? Joy is the result of receiving and remembering what God has given to us in Christ. For to us, a son is given. To us, a child is born. And you shall call His name Jesus, for He will save His people from their sins. Friends, we can come to Jesus. That's the direction and the person that I point you toward today to receive or renew our joy. I want to talk for just a minute to those of you who are watching, who maybe haven't began a relationship with Jesus. You have questions. You've wondered who he really is. You're not sure you have all the answers, but today is your day to begin that relationship. And you might wonder, how would I do that, Ann? Well, you know what? There's not a singular way except this, to say yes to him, to, to open up and receive what he's done for you. Even if you don't understand it all. I know when I was 10 years old and said yes to what Jesus did for me, my understanding was much smaller than it is today. And we're all still learning with you, friends. We bring our doubts and our questions to Jesus. But today can be your day. All you need to do is say yes to him, invite him to have a relationship with you. And in that, he will come in, he will reveal himself to you. He will put his Holy Spirit within you. And day by day, little by little, you'll learn more and more how much he loves you, how much he cares about you, and his plans for your life. And they're good friends. So now I'd like us to all pray together. And what I'd like you to do is reach one hand out as though you're reaching to shake a hand, though we don't do that much right now, or reaching out to receive a gift. And the other hand to touch our heads. You'll see this is kind of a laying on of hands and while we can't touch others, we can do it for ourselves. And I wanna pray for us. And so if you would join me, Jesus, I wanna say thank you for coming for us. Thank you for rescuing us. And right now, Lord, On behalf of those who are saying yes to you, we just agree, we receive what you've done for us. We want everything that you have for us. And Lord, this wild, crazy Christmas season of 2020, Lord, would you remind us of what we've been set free from and how we've been forgiven so that we could, Lord, have this overflowing joy that spills out on all our relationships, all our family, all friends and our coworkers. Lord, let us be overflowing with your joy. And Lord, we reach out our hand as though to say, we'll receive everything you have for us. If we're answering Uncle Ernie's question, Lord, how much did you get? We just want you to know we want all of you. We want the full meal deal today, Lord. We thank you for filling us with your joy. In Jesus' name, amen.